listening to the Business of Baking podcast with Michelle Green, the small business podcast that's all about successfully running your own sweet food company without losing your mind. If you've ever brought dessert to a party and been told you can make a fortune selling those, then you're in the right place. This is an honest, straight-talking podcast about the highs and lows of being in small business. Fueled by late nights, crazy client stories, and a permanent sugar high, we're going to listen, share, and learn our way to sweet business success. Here's your host, writer, speaker, recovering cake decorator, and incurable sweet tooth, Michelle Green. For those of you who don't know, I actually published a book almost exactly two years ago today. In May 2016, I published a book. And the book was a compilation of all my best blog articles at the time because a number of people had said to me that they loved the blog, but they'd send me these emails going, Michelle, have you written an article about this? And I'd write back and say, yes, here's the link. And they'd say, have you written an article about that? And I'd say, yes, here's the link. And it just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for ages. And I constantly got feedback that it'd be really nice if people could read the blog the way they read a book. And I thought, okay, I'm going to turn this thing into a book. And I did. So I took all my blog articles, actually just downloaded the whole lot, ditched a bunch that I thought were not that well written, edited a whole bunch that were left, added some chapters, put them in more sensical order, and then turned it into a book. And that book has become just amazing. It has gone all over the world and continues to sell really, really well. If you want your own copy, by the way, you just have to go to thebizofbaking.com forward slash book page and you will find it. You can also find it online at Barnes and Noble and Amazon and all those good places where books are sold. I was thinking about this book recently and I was thinking about actually updating it because in the two years since I've written probably a hundred new articles or something like that, maybe more actually. I don't know, loads. I've written loads of articles and I was thinking about it and I was flicking through it and trying to decide and I came across one of the very first articles in the book. And I thought for today's podcast, I'd read you that article. And let's talk about how much things have changed or haven't changed in our industry since we wrote it. I originally wrote this article on April 15th, 2004. So it's a little bit more than four years ago, which is quite scary to me to imagine. And it's called A Typical Small Cookie Company Story. And the article goes like this. Today, I want to tell you all a story. Recently, two lovely women contacted me asking if I would teach them a private cookie decorating class because they were keen to improve their skills. A few days before the class, one of them emailed me a four-page corporate-style agenda, including the names of attendees, location, duration of the meeting, etc., outlining what they wanted to learn from me. The agenda included items like provide a list of recommended wholesale suppliers and provide recommendations for fondant brands, and so on. I'm not going to lie. I was seriously peeved. Now, at the same time, I generally try not to judge people for what they don't know, so I wasn't going to be unprofessional about it. I contacted them to clarify that they'd asked me to teach them how to decorate cookies, not give them the details of my business, so we'd be concentrating on the cookies part. They understood that, but they also made it clear that they were coming to me specifically because they wanted to get into the business of selling cookies. They showed up for class, and as is my style, I asked them to tell me a little bit of their story. Why were they asking me for business info? What excited them about making cookies? What were they hoping to go away having learned? And so on. So it turns out that their story is much like many of ours is. They're sisters working in corporate jobs, mothering young children, and they learn to bake at their mother's knee. They always wanted to work together, and both of them want to get out of the corporate world. They want more flexibility, more time with their kids, 
more time to have a life outside of their work. With the current popularity of all things baked, they thought now was the perfect time to get into business. As we chatted, I asked them a little bit about the particulars of their business, as they live on opposite sides of the city to one another. They told me that they've already had a number of orders, they've set up a Facebook page, they've registered a business name with the appropriate government agency, and they've approached several other businesses asking them to carry their line of products. Now, when I asked them where they were producing the cookies from, they said they were doing it from home. And when I asked if they had much trouble with registering their kitchens and homes as food businesses, they kind of gave me a blank look. What does that mean, a registered kitchen, they asked. I went on to explain what a registered kitchen meant and then went on to tell them that they needed to be insured, they needed to have done the proper food handling qualifications, and so on. But nobody ever gets sick from a cookie, surely, they said. I mean, really, it's just a cookie. Yeah, it's just a cookie. Just like this is a blog I write or a podcast I record. At this point, I could feel my heart sinking like a stone thrown into a bowl of still warm ganache. It made a slow, painful, sticky descent as I realized that these two well-meaning women might have some idea of how to run a business, but no real idea of how to run a baking business. Now, like I said, I don't judge people for their lack of knowledge, and after all, in the beginning, I didn't know what a registered kitchen was either. So at the same time, my sinking heart was also about the fact that they didn't seem at all bothered by my assertion that they needed to do things properly. I decided that perhaps to save my battered soul, I should move on to the task at hand, which was teaching them how to decorate cookies. I asked if I could look at their work so far to get a feel for their skills and what I could help them with. They showed me lots and lots of pictures on their phones of nice, beautiful cookies they'd made. Cut out ones, stacked ones, ones with patterns, really just a whole lot of beautiful cookies with a bunch of different finishes on them. Were they perfect? No. Were they sellable? Yes. Would they rival a lot of other cookies I've seen online in terms of both design and apparent quality? Absolutely. So I started to ask a bit more because I'm nosy. What can I say? I wanted to know about their skills, what they wanted to learn from me from a decorating skill point of view, and where they wanted their product to end up in terms of look and finish. And to be honest, their answers pretty much left my heart in tattered shreds. They learned how to do it all via free tutorials they had found on Google and YouTube. Neither of them had done a single class anywhere. They just played in their kitchen and watched, in their words, a heck of a lot of YouTube videos. But the best part of this story, they'd only been doing it for about a month when I met them. Until they got to my kitchen, they had only really used fondant maybe a half dozen times. A month of watching videos. A single month. And yet, they are in business. They don't have any idea about registered premises, insurance, or even much about the actual product they're going to sell. Do you mean I can freeze cookie dough? How do I color fondant? What's the best way to attach the icing to the cookie? But make no mistake, these two perfectly nice women are in business. And what's more, on some level, they're now my competitors. And they're coming to me to teach them how to make their product and on some level, how to run a business in the first place. Let me be brutally honest here. After they left, I fell into a bit of a funk about it all. And for several days afterwards, I couldn't get their stories out of my head. I let it roll around in my brain a fair bit. They were nice, polite, enthusiastic students. I had a really good time teaching them. And I really do hope they're going to be successful. So why on earth was I, and if I'm still honest, I still am, upset about this? Well, here's why. Because I started like they did. I liked to bake and I was pretty good at it. So I had it in my head, this dream of owning a cake business, which I then turned into a reality. But it took me years and years to do that though. Not a mere month of YouTube video watching. I researched the heck out of the industry, including the health regulations, so that when I started, I was starting the best way I could, even if I was undercharging. 
I went to school, formally and informally, not only to get my culinary degrees, but also I did lots of seminars on boring stuff like keeping tax records and marketing for dummies and how to package food properly. These girls, one month of YouTube and Google. The truth is, I've got no idea if they're going to be successful, and I've got no way of predicting that either. The only thing I know for certain is, this industry is full of people exactly like these two sisters. Their story is not unique at all. I write this blog because I felt that the industry needed someone to stand up and say to these sorts of people, be enthusiastic, be creative, be passionate, be all of those things, but please be serious about your business. I started with the same girl, the same dream these girls have, to leave my corporate job and have a life of flexibility and creativity. So why am I so heartbroken by these women who want no more than I wanted when I was at that stage? I'm heartbroken because they just didn't seem to appreciate that there's a whole lot more to starting a baking business that can be found in one month of Googling and three hours spent with me learning how to roll fondant. The heartbreaker is that convincing them and people like them is that by far, this is the hardest work I've ever done. Now, I wrote that article four years ago, and four years ago was the height of the cake community crazy. It really was. Craftsy was putting out videos every five minutes. We were having all kinds of cake shows internationally. The international teaching circuit was absolutely awash with people crossing the globe every day. It felt like every day there was something new happening and it was a really busy time. And it's interesting to read that article now and think to myself, well, what has changed between then and now? I think one thing that's changed is that it's calmed down a little bit, right? It's not as crazy an industry as it was. We still have longevity. We still have plenty of people in it. It's still a crowded, busy market. But I think what's happening is that people like these girls are coming into it at the same rate, but they're dropping out of it faster. Interestingly, from a teaching live point of view, four years ago, my beginner classes were full up. Two years ago, my advanced classes. And this year, it's my beginner ones that are filling again. So it's as though the cycle of people coming up through the industry has started again. It's like four years later, we've started a rebirth kind of situation. And I wonder how many of you out there listening to this have found that same thing, that it's been quiet for a while in terms of everybody and his sister starting a business, but now it's kind of ramping up again and we're getting those beginners back again. And I don't know what's driving that current new interest. I don't know if it's just the natural ebb and flow of a specific industry or if maybe new television shows are coming on track and that's why we're all listening. But the thing that strikes me about this article is quite honestly, I could write this exact same article today and I would be saying the exact same things. The barrier to entry of getting into our industry is extraordinarily low. It's not hard to learn how to roll and cut some cookies. It's not hard to learn how to bake a cake or roll a cake pop or make a macaron. Okay, maybe the macaron one is a little harder. <laughs> Those things are like a pain. All right, so okay, let's just exclude the macarons. But cupcakes are not hard. Like the things we do, certainly in the beginning, are not difficult to get into. It's not very expensive to bake things. It's not very expensive to make them and package them up, right? We only realize once we start paying wholesale how expensive those retail prices are. But certainly in the beginning, everything they have said about we want a relaxed life, we don't want to have to go back to corporates, we want to be able to sell them. And the thing about their story that at the time that drove me crazy was they were already out there in business selling at the whole nine yards without knowing 90% of what they needed to know, or maybe even 95, which is partially why they came to me. So on the one hand, it saddens me to think that really between four years ago when that article was published and now, not a lot has really changed for our industry. And on the other hand, 
it's one of the things I love about our industry, which is that it's easy to start. It's easy to get into. It's easy for the average person to pick a new future for themselves and to have a go at doing something new and different external to what they do now and to make a reasonable living at it. I don't think that part has changed. I do think that what has changed a little bit, maybe a lot, maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit here, is that I went into this whole blogging thing and podcasting and books and whatever else I've got going on because I wanted to raise the bar of the industry. I wanted people to understand that business is hard. It's not impossible, but it's more to it than rolling beautiful biscuits or perfecting that recipe for cake lace. And I wanted people to understand that. I do think that that message has come across a lot better now. I do think, like I was mentioning a few minutes ago, that people are getting out of it a lot faster than they used to. I think there was quite a generation of people who went into the baking industry, turned it into a business, and really did hard yards for quite a long time before they realized that it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be, that they didn't want to be business owners, that it just wasn't their thing, whatever, and then got out of it. And I think these days, people are jumping into it at the same rate, but jumping out once they realize it's not really for them. And I do think who we have in the industry now, as the people who have been around those four, five, six, seven years, are the people who recognize that the business part is hard and stuck with it and continue to stick with it. And I know from my own experience of my own students, how many of them when I met them were really at the start of their journey and two, three, four, five years later, they're still going strong and they've learned so many lessons along the way and matured not only as people, but also as business owners. And it's been a pleasure and a joy to watch them. So this was a really fun and interesting look down memory lane, reading this article from the book and from the blog and realizing firstly that I've been at this for a long time. <laughs> Yay me. And also that some things have changed, but some, some things stay the same. And I love that people can seriously pick up a recipe and some flour and sugar and be at it, you know, but at the same time, I do still wish they understood that longevity in this industry has nothing to do with baking and baking skills and everything to do with business skills. Thanks so much for listening today. I'd be curious to know if you think that this is the same thing. So you're all, you know, if you found that we now have this new generation of bakers starting, I'd love to know what you think. So feel free to drop me a line. It's michelle at thebizofbaking.com. I'm really curious. Are you finding the same thing? Are you somebody who's been in this industry for those three, four, five years and you're finding that suddenly there's a whole new generation? And are you finding that if you stuck in it this long, is that because you learned that the baking skills are necessary, but the business skills are that much more? I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line. In the meantime, I'm just about ready to release my classes in the U.S. I'll be teaching this year in the United States, in Los Angeles, in Houston, Washington, D.C., and in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'll also be teaching in Toronto, Canada this fall, as well as Somerset in the U.K. So there'll be more information coming out about that. In the meantime, I hope I get to meet you in real life sometime this year. And if I don't, don't just be in the business of baking. Be in the business of being awesome. Thanks for listening to the Business of Baking podcast. You can find show notes, links, and other fun stuff for this and previous episodes at thebizofbaking.com. Until next time, may your oven stay evenly hot, your ganache never split, and may you always be in the business of being awesome.